Nippy Bins and Bobbins. Is that a nippy winks I spy? This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy asks another guy 20, 20 questions. questions. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. What up, David? Oh, uh, not much, bro. I've just been watching this show called Steven Universe. I know of this show. I have not watched it. It's by uh, it's it's done by a former uh, Adventure Time artist, right? Correct. Her name is Rebecca Sugar. Uh, people know her best, I think, as the woman who wrote uh, the Bacon Pancakes song. What? She wrote that? She was behind Bacon Pancakes. This woman is instantly my hero. Yes, she is wonderful. Steven Universe is the story of uh, these three alien intelligences. They're called the Crystal Gems, Garnet. And yeah, all Amethyst I know about it is Pearl. those gems. Yeah, and they have magic powers, and they're tasked with defending the Earth and uh, protecting this one little boy named Steven Universe, who is half alien. Okay. Uh, and uh, he lives with the three women uh, in this little town called Beach City, uh, and his dad runs a car wash and lives out of a van and is played by Tom Sharpling. Uh, what? Amazing. <laughs> yes. And is wonderful, uh, and there there are songs occasionally. You know, I've never heard Sharpling act or seen yeah, him. Yeah, it's it's weird. At first, I thought it was Lewis Black, and then I was like, ah, huh. no, no, wait, it's warmer. He's not he's not quite that angry. Right. There's there's a point uh, in one of the early episodes where where his name is Greg Universe, where Tom Sharpling's character like hoists, you know, puts his hands on his hips and looks into the horizon and goes, oh boy, in that very, like, Tom Sharpling way. I, I think that might be his catchphrase. It is his catchphrase. In the same way that, you know, all of John Worcester's characters on Best Show are, their catchphrase is all, wait, what? Wait, what? a thesaurus much? Doesn't seem like you do, you invisidummy. Sorry, okay, I'm back. Uh, but the show is wonderful, and part of why it's wonderful is, first of all, it's a really great show for world building. There's this cool. massive mythos behind everything that is just sort of gently titrated, like you get a little bit at a time that slowly builds out the structure of this universe. Yeah, I mean, that was something I really liked about Adventure Time. Is it's, Yeah, it's similar. It, it's, you know, if you wanted to, you could do a very deep dive into this whole mythos, but they're not gonna they're not gonna shove it all in your face. It just kind of shows up in the background and surfaces whenever it's relevant to the story. Right. It's wonderful in that respect. It's also just like beautifully animated. And also there's this issue of representation on the show. Uh, sure. It is maybe the queerest thing I've ever seen. Really? Like, the yeah, it just has as in these, queer positive. As in queer positive, it has this wonderful sense of inclusivity and there are also just just such a wonderful variety of skin tones and body shapes that you just never see on television or in animation that's cool it's yeah really, i mean that's it's really cool there you know there's an ongoing conversation it's i don't know i i fall in a couple of different areas of this um Somebody did a blog post where they took male and female uh, Disney and Pixar CGI cartoon characters. I remember that. And compared face shapes, and they came to the conclusion that, and I don't think this is a correct conclusion, but the underlying logic is sound. Uh, 
they came to the conclusion that all the female characters had the same face shape, round, uh, but the male characters had lots of different face shapes. And while I don't think they did a very rigorous job of looking at, at looking at the actual shapes, I think the male face shapes were decidedly less diverse than what they what this person pointed out and I think mm-hmm. the female face shapes were a little more diverse and they also very decidedly omitted uh, the interesting female face shapes yeah yeah uh, from their data set in a way that I think is a little disingenuous so sure. it bothers me for a bunch of reasons but the core critique that it is uh, more common for female characters to kind of all female cartoon characters to have uh, similar body types and male cartoon characters get a wider range of exaggerations and shapes and and body types. I think that's a sound critique. Sure. Overall. In in animation as a whole. Point being uh, that, yeah, it would be really cool to see something like what you're describing where you get particularly with female characters, a much wider variety of body shapes in, you know, the exaggerated cartoon way that that things are done in animation. I just, I just think that you're going to hit a wider variety of, of, of kids where they look up at the screen and say, oh, that's kind yeah. of like me. Right, that's also, why you want it. Also, if I were going to be cynical about this, you know... <laughs> Please if I do. were if I were the animation director, if I were Rebecca Sugar, and I was like, hmm, I want the widest array possible of of people to be able to cosplay these characters. Hey, uh, listen, I'm gonna develop I'm gonna develop a character for like every size and shape of human configuration. If that's if that's your concept of cynicism, I want to live <laughs> in your world, dude. That's like the most optimistic cynicism I've ever heard. Thanks, man. Just totally on an aesthetic level, if if we ignore the issues of representation, which are admittedly super important for all the mm-hmm. reasons that you talked about, mm-hmm. just on a base aesthetic level. Like, I want things to be exaggerated differently from each other because I want a lot of aesthetic variety. Right. I, w- I want to be able to tell characters apart. <laughs> you know? very important it's it's like good design so there's a lot of good reasons for it so that's what's up with me i've been watching a lot of that and it's very good and i recommend it if if listeners or me wanted to start with it just start at the beginning is there a particularly like good episode to get in uh the beginning's fine yeah start at the beginning uh it has like a little uh rap song about a cookie cat sold yeah I'm sold. Yeah. Steven, done. Steven discovers it begins with Steven at like his his neighborhood convenience store uh, discovering to his horror that his favorite frozen novelty cookie cat is no longer being sold. Tragedy. But like his friends behind the counter take pity on him and allow him to take home the cat-shaped novelty display fridge. <laughs> That's like the first thing that happens is he takes the novelty display fridge for cookie cat home and discovers that his like housemate slash guardians, the the crystal gems, also heard that there was going to be a run on the cookie cats, and so they bought up all the cookie cats for Steven. Aww. And he sings a little song about it. Doesn't that make you want to watch the show? Yes. No, I'm sold. <laughs> Is it 
I need to catch up on Adventure Time. Uh, I'm so behind on Adventure Time. Yeah, I think I watched through the fourth season, maybe? I've watched through, like, half of the first season. Oh, dude, yeah. it gets so good. Yeah? Yes. It becomes... I don't know. It's Okay, so it starts out being something kind of goofy and fun, and I don't know. By the point that that I was last watching it, it gets, like, weird and dark, but also touching and hopeful, and it has these, like, surprisingly complicated messages about uh, friendship, and what it means to be, like, a person in the world, hmm. but delivered in this very straightforward way that's just goofy as all shit. That's awesome. What's cool about Adventure Time is that it is a show that is very pop culture savvy without ever making any specific pop culture references. Interesting. I like that. It pulls from this whole universe of popular culture, and but it's never like, hey, wink, we're referencing this. Oh, I hate Don't you shit. guys get it? I hate reference jokes because yeah. they're not jokes. They're yeah. just references. Right. It's the, uh, what did they call it in South Park? The manatee joke when they were making know. fun of Family Guy? I don't do, know. Do you remember that one? I am unfamiliar with this. Okay, so... Uh, the creators of South Park, they were really fucking sick of people coming up to them and saying, man, you guys are my favorite show on TV. You guys and Family Guy are the mm -hmm. best shows on television. Because the creators of South Park were like, listen, we're doing something way better than Family Guy. We are... We're making cultural commentary that is actual cultural commentary and not just references. Right. We're saying things about current events. We have characters who, like, mean something. Like, South Park is a, at its best, and it's at its best a lot, a very sharp, filthy work of satire. Sure. And... Family Guy is just a mishmash of references to things that people have almost forgotten about. Hmm. Like, the... I mean, if you were to take all of the jokes, which is to say all the cutaways, out of a Family Guy episode, and just look at the actual story, episode mm -hmm. to episode, almost none of those episodes would have any plot. Huh. There would never you wouldn't you wouldn't see any character arcs. There wouldn't be any development, and they wouldn't have anything to say about anything. You know? Damn. It's just reference for the sake of reference. And admittedly, for like a season or two, that worked really well. And and they got away with it, and it was new and fresh and edgy because it was just so unexpected and kind of off the wall. So what's what's the manatee bit? So the manatee bit is the creators of South Park were really fucking sick of people comparing their show to Family Guy because they thought they were doing something way better. Mm -hmm. So they said, we're going to skewer, we're going to do an episode skewering Family Guy. And this is an episode that, for many people who watched both shows, ruined Family Guy for them. <laughs> so it totally worked. Because what happens is, 
people start comparing Cartman's style of humor in his in his everyday life in school to Family Guy, and Cartman gets really pissed off, and he ends up by the end of the episode going to the Family Guy headquarters where they make all the episodes, and he sees behind the scenes. And what he sees is the way that they write a Family Guy episode is they have a tank full of manatees and they have different <laughs> colored balls. And on each ball oh, is no. like written the name of an obscure pop cultural reference. Mm-hmm. And the manatees just uh, randomly take the balls and they're trained to line them up in front of somebody who transcribes it. And that's how they write a script. For a Family Guy show. Oh, that's rough. So, and no, but here's the thing. The Family Guy people took this totally in stride. And internally, they started referring to those cutaways as manatee jokes. That's really sad. It is, but at the same, like, it's sad that they got called out on it. And instead of stopping it or innovating, they adopted the terminology. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, you know... Points for not getting all, like, you know, uptight about it. Sure, that is true. What's up with you? What have you been up to? Here's what I've been thinking about, though. Yeah. So, I went to a dinner, uh, and one of the guests there was a journalist who'd written a book on modern dandyism. Sure. And I mentioned to you that that book included your nemesis, (sighs) Dunan! Dunan. You mean fashion writer and culture critic Simon Dunan, husband of art potter Jonathan Adler? The very same. My nemesis. Your nemesis for I, reasons. Okay, so it's it's become this joke now with you, with me, with Jillian. Jillian thinks it's hilarious that See, I get upset I mostly, about Simon Dunan. I mostly think it's funny because I watch you and Jillian on social media <laughs> and it's really funny to me that she, she would bring it up. Like the she, meta narrative of the whole thing is what's funny to me. She she just thinks it's funny that like me, a straight, unfashionable dude, has such like an axe <laughs> to grind with Simon Dunan. And yes. it's because there was this um, this moth story. That was the first time I ever heard his voice, and it was called Fear of Squat. And I don't even Fear remember what the squat. story was about. I don't remember if it was about, like, I just remember being like, wow, that guy is a vain and callous asshole. And ever since then, I've had it out for Simon Doonan. <laughs> like, we do not move in the same universes. He will never know. He is so much... You know, more successful and happy and wealthy than I. You know, I don't even. I don't even like dislike him. I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he's like a funny, friendly, pleasant man to be around. But but at the same time, in the you fictional, hate him with the passion of a thousand suns because he's so like silly and harmless. It's really funny to imagine that he's my nemesis. And so every time someone says, oh, David, hey, uh, guess who was featured in, you know, the New York Times style section this weekend? I'll be like, Doonan. <laughs> and that will happen. Which is why whenever I come across any reference to him, however casual, I tell you immediately. Yes. 
Jillian just finds it funny that I could have aesthetic resistance to anything. Yeah, okay. You know, I Fair. mean, you've seen me. I Believe me, listeners, I have seen him. I've seen more of him than most people. We've inadvertently been developing a 20 Questions Tuesday enemies list. Oh, who's in your part of the rogues gallery? We, we have inadvertently been creating a celebrity enemies list. <laughs> oh, that's true. We got Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Simon Doonan. And uh, I think we can add Jeff Koons to that. From, oh, yeah. From my end. Yeah. Oh, poor that, Simon the Doonan. hack. Whoever hacked a hack, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve to be lumped in with it's Guy too Fieri late. He's and, on the and list. Jeff Koons. No, th- we're putting them all on a rocket. They all have right. to live together. Simon Doonan's gonna put like crystal, crystal dachshund uh, ashtrays on that rocket. <laughs> he's just. He's just like the king of kitsch. See, you say that. You say that very dismissively. I kind of want to go on that. I kind of want to see that <laughs> rocket. I think we can safely add Ayn Rand yeah, to the list. I'm definitely so, okay, enemies so, so with her. So here's our rogues gallery. Yes. We've got the dinosaur suit. We've got that giant penny. <laughs> We've got <laughs> wait, what? In the Bat Cave, in the in in like the 1960s Bat Cave. <laughs> for some reason, in the cartoons, they had a giant penny. What? I'm serious. I never noticed. Batman, this. giant penny. I promise you, the giant, <laughs> the giant penny, penny was a staple backdrop piece in the Bat Cave. Uh, it was in the animated series. Wait, wait, okay. See, here's the implication to my mind. The implication mm. of that is Bruce Wayne is not wealthy because he has a lot of money. He's wealthy <laughs> because he has one very giant money. <laughs> no, the giant penny was part of, was a trophy from a, um, one of Two-Face's death traps. Okay, that actually makes thematic sense. Okay, so the giant penny is in the rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Giant, the giant penny. penny is definitely one of our nemeses. Jeff Koons, Jeff Koons, Ayn Rand, Simon Doonan, and Guy Fieri. Yeah, friends, if this is sort of like the uh, uh, best show on WFMU's uh, Hate Pit, if you remember the Hate Pit. Yeah, kind of. I, I think we're accepting submissions, right? Y- yeah, absolutely. As of as of this moment, when I just said it. If you would like to nominate a uh, celebrity individual uh, to go in our 20 Questions Tuesday rogues gallery, just tweet at us at 20 Questions Twos on Twitter. Send those our way. We'll keep you posted. Dave, you're going to get me arrested. You know that? It is my fondest wish. Okay, are you ready? We're going to play 20 Questions Tuesday. Oh my goodness, yes, I'm ready. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's do it. Hit me with some numbers so we can go over the rules. Number, number one, one. I will think of a thing. Number number two, two. David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Number number three, three. If David exceeds 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Number four, number four, number four. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game. And we all get to live for another week. Number five. You must maintain the cleanliness of your pumpkin at all times. If at any time during the contest your pumpkin becomes filthy or blemished, you must clean your pumpkin immediately. Failure to do so will disqualify your pumpkin. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir! Are you ready? Yes. You may ask your first question. Is it Dunin? Yes. Is it really? Nope. Thank God. All right, um... Got it in one. (laughs) Good game. 
Uh, is it a man? No, it is not a man. Uh, is it a human being? Yes, it is a human being. A human woman? Ooh, ah, girl, woman. That's from mm. Strong Bad. Uh, oh. Yes, it is a woman. Okay, an American a woman? Human, an American human woman. From the present day? Yes. She's around. Is she the best around? Arguably. Is she an athlete? No. Is she a celebrity of some kind? Yes. Is she a writer? No. An actuar? Nope. A television personality? Nopers. Is she cool? She's so fucking cool. Is it Meryl Streep? No. Is she older than 40? Uh, she's younger than 40. Is it Tim Allen? Was it You just made a Tim Allen noise. That was not a Tim Allen noise. <laughs> this is a Tim Allen. Yeah, that was a Tim Allen noise. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Show me yours. This is a Tim Allen noise. <laughs> Gender essentialism, ahoy. I can't even listen to Tim Allen anymore. Um, is that a thing? That's like, I mean, that's the whole shtick about home improvement is like, men do this and women do this and I work with power tools. Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. It's, just, it's just tired. I watched that show a lot. Me too. And I'll tell you, I can't remember a damn thing about it. Nope, me neither. Except like the general structure of it. Like there was Tim Allen and he made noises yep. and he had a TV show about tools? Yep, it was called Tool Time. It was called Tool... What did they do on that? Was it a home improvement show? Or did I guess they, it must did have Did they been. talk about tools? They talked about power tools. I think they reviewed power tools. They reviewed power tools. How, how is that sustainable? How well, can you have that show for more than... I don't know. How many power tools are there? Lots. Really? There's, there's that many that you would actually like want to see reviewed? Sure. For a wood shop or for for home for home projects, absolutely. All right, fine. I don't know. I can think of like five. Speaking of, as someone who took a like a a, a a woodworking course in an underfunded city park district, you know there were so many tools in that wood shop alone. Hey, I took a art school shop. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah, we had a. There was this course called. I want to say it was called 3D Design. Okay. That uh, was a required part of uh, my art school curriculum. And what it was, was art shop. It was it was art students get to come play with power tools for an hour. Nice. That was basically the class. I made a wearable sculpture out of PVC. Cool. I feel like you would be a much better woodworker than me. Hmm. Eh. I don't know about that. Anyway, uh, does it concern wood? Does it concern wood? Is she a notable woodworker? This woman is not a notable woodworker. Who is a notable woodworker? I can think of one notable woodworker, and that is, of course, Nick Offerman. That's the only one. William H. Macy. He, he woodworks. Also a noted Hollywood woodworker. Hollywood worker. Hollywood worker? Yeah. Mm, okay, so we have two lists. List one, celebrity enemies. <laughs> List two, Hollywood workers. We're accepting submissions for that too. Uh, tweet at us. Under the hashtag Hollywood workers. Uh, is this woman on the radio? Pfft, all the time. All the time. Is she primarily a radio host? Uh, no. 
a radio personality? Uh, no. No, I, I don't think she's a radio personality. A musician? Yeah, a musician. A musician who is younger than 40. A musician who is younger than 40. And is American. So American. Is she a pop artist? Totes. Does this woman uh, primarily write her own songs? Or is she more of like a Max Martin, Dr. Luke kind of person? Is this the sort of pop star whose songs are primarily written by Swedes? No. Uh, As far as I know, okay, so she definitely writes her stuff in conjunction with other people, but she does write it herself. Does she live in New York? No. It's not Taylor Swift, who you saw in Whole Foods. It's not my BFF T-Swift, who I saw in Whole Foods, and now we're friends forever and we hang out in New York City all the time. Some of those things I just said were lies. Yeah. Is this pop star white? No. Is she black? Yes. Is she from Atlanta? No. Is she from Kansas City? Nope. So it's not Janelle Monae? It is not your favorite and mine, Janelle Monae. Is it Erica Badu? Nope. David, what if this just exposes my deep ignorance of pop culture? If you don't know who this is, we have to stop this podcast and walk away. Like, we just have to cut this episode off right here, and we have to never do another one. Because it, I promise you, you know who this is. Is now the greatest era of her popularity? Hmm. Uh, probably, yeah. Probably this is her era of greatest ascendance? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like Janet Jackson or Mariah Carey or no, the late no. Whitney Houston? No, none of those. Okay. None of them. Is she from the Northwest? No. Is she from the South? Is she from the American Southwest then? Oh, uh, arguably, yeah. Arguably, I don't know. I never know where to classify this. Colorado, no. Utah, no. Arizona, no. Texas, no. Yes, wait, Texas. Sorry, I was just—I got too used to saying no. It's Texas. Is Texas Southwest? Because mm-hmm. it's not the South, but it doesn't quite group with the South. Like it almost groups with the Southwest. I'd say Texas is the Southwest, or okay. it's its own country unto itself. I don't know. I don't want Texans to get mad at me. They got guns. That's true. I read this article about people prepping for um, Operation Jade Helm. Oh, Jade Helm 15. That's going on now. Yeah, this uh, big uh, military spec ops operation that's going on in Texas where there are so many paranoid people with ridiculous firearm stores. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't throw a boot out there without hitting somebody who's carrying a concealed handgun. And I was reading... You know, David, um, I think think they're worried that, you know, the president is going to use the military to take over the country and put Obama into power as president. Yes, that's exactly what they're worried about. (laughs) They're worried that... They're worried that Obama is going to declare himself president. For the next two years. For the next two years. Oh, no. So I'm reading about the preparations that they're doing, that the people in these, like, tiny towns in the middle of nowhere in Texas are doing because they know that the military is going to come in. And they, for some reason, don't know that the military doesn't give a shit about them at all. Sure, at all. At all. Okay, so here's two examples of preparations. Example one, there's a guy who took all of his guns 
all the guns that he owned, and there were a bunch of them, and he went and he buried them in an undisclosed location. <laughs> so this guy's like, they're coming to take all my guns. I gotta bury all my guns so they can't get them. That's very silly. This other guy is like, they're coming to take all my guns. He went out. He bought 200,000 rounds of ammunition. My God. So, you know, kind of opposite strategy. Kind of opposite strategies. Over the past couple of years, it's been very difficult to buy ammunition in the United States for, for certain kinds of weapons, just because there are people that are stockpiling like crazy. <sighs> Which is kind of dumb, because ammunition degrades. Thanks, Obama. Like, when are you ever going to need 200,000 rounds of ammunition? It's going to skunk up before you can use it all. When you need to make your last stand against the black helicopters and the federal agents and Barack Obama's murder squads. Oh, sure. Who uh, he is culled from the inner city. Is it murder squads? People believe this. Oh, God. Real human beings believe that these things are true. So anyway, this person, this American human female uh, singer is from Texas. Okay. She is a pop star and she is Afro-American. Yarp. Uh, was she on television as a child? I don't know. Okay. It's not Raven Simone. Nope. You're digging way too deep, man. I know, I know, I know. I mean, uh, not that Raven Simone is exactly a deep cut, but, you know. Is this woman older than 25? Yes. Okay. I was worried for a second it was like going to be like Ariana Grande or some, like, thing that the kids know that I don't nah. know. She's white as shit. This is more difficult than I expected, and she's not an R&B pop singer. Sure she is. Oh. Okay. That's what I meant when I was saying construct pop very broadly. I see. Man, I'm just, I'm running through my, I'm sorry, I'm running through my, like, catalog of pop stars in my head. You're not gonna like it when you get it. No, I'm not. All right. Um, is she married? Yes. Uh, is she one of the wealthiest women in America? Easily. Is it Beyonce? It's Beyonce. All right. <laughs> it was Beyonce this whole time. I don't know why I didn't think of Queen Bey earlier. I'm sorry, your worship. Yeah. Beyonce, David. Beyonce. Well... I really like the sort of meme version of Beyonce that exists, you know, like mm -hmm. the version where people are like, yeah, obviously she has eye beams. Like, <laughs> obviously she can do literally anything Sure, that you can think of. You're right. If I had been unable to, like, identify Beyonce. Yeah, we would be done. I mean. Shut the whole goddamn thing down. Yeah, just, just shut her down. Shut her down and get governing. All right, so who... Queen so, Bey. What is Beyonce doing? Uh, is she in a particular place? Uh, is she in a particular place? Uh, yes. In the United States? No. On the planet Earth? Yes. In a city? Yeah. Uh, a world city? Um, mm, that's complicated. Like a, like a major city with more than 5 million people in it. I mean, definitely not a city with more than 5 million people, but a major city in the context that she is in it. A European city? No. 
An Asian city. Nope. An African city. Yes. Uh, an African capital. Nope. Well, mm, ah. it is not currently a capital. Does this have to do with her title of queen that people keep bestowing on her? I mean, it's relevant. Sure. Uh, is Beyonce the queen of a newly formed African nation? No. Okay. Is this an existing African nation? Um, hmm. Yes. But again, okay, there's a, there's a very, there's a key piece of context here that is complicating all of my answers. Because there, there, there is a state, there is a state of things that is not the same state as the state in which Beyonce is visiting this place. Is it an alternate universe? No. Is it Topsy-Turvy Land? It is not Topsy-Turvy Land. It's not that country that was in, like, the demilitarized zone between, um, I think it was Ethiopia and Eritrea, that that white dude from Texas just decided to plant his flag in and declare it like a principality so that his daughter could be a princess. It wasn't that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one that they're making a movie about. Yeah, of course they are. Fucking dumb. Uh, no, it's not that. Is she ruling a nation? No. Is she performing a concert? No. Is she doing something that Beyonce would normally do? I mean, let's say the meme version of Beyonce totally does this all the time. Is she fighting a monster? No. Is she using her laser eye beams? She is not using her laser eye beams. Is she run the world? Nope. I mean, yes, but no, that's not what we're talking about. Is she stomping on the patriarchy? <laughs> yes, but it's, again, not relevant to this particular scenario. Is she forcibly ousting noted uh, strongman leader and now very old and terrible man Robert Mugabe uh, and changing the name of Zimbabwe to Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe? Mm. That's good. Mm, no, no, it's not. I don't like it. No, none of those things. Okay. So she's not on tour. She's not promoting anything. She doesn't have an album out. She's doing, like, internet superhero stuff. She, yeah, she's doing Beyonce stuff. Uh, is she fighting Al-Shabaab in, <laughs> no, uh, in the no. Sudan? No. Is she, is, she in a, so, okay, is she in a particular region of Africa? She absolutely is. Again, if you start interrogating locations too carefully, things are going to get confusing. Okay. Uh, not Western Africa, no. Southern Africa? No. Northern Africa? Uh, yeah, I guess this counts as Northern Africa. Northeastern Africa? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Horn of Africa? No. So it's not Somalia? No. Uh, Kenya? No. Is it Egypt? Yeah, it's Egypt. Oh, okay. So she's in Egypt. Yeah. Beyonce is in Egypt. Being crowned as Pharaoh. No. Is it modern Egypt? No. But you said it was the present day. No, I did not. I never said that once. I said it involved a present day person. Beyonce is traveling back in time. There you go. That's why shit's complicated. Gotcha. Because okay. she's traveling this... back because she's traveling back in time. Therefore, the polities are not the same. The geopolitical structure is different. I can't tell you what world cities are. Fair. Ro? Is she in 
Is she in, uh, speaking of Faros, is she in Alexandria? Yes, she's uh, traveling back in time to Alexandria. Okay. Is she going to hang out with Cleopatra? Yes. She's totally going to hang out with Cleopatra. She's going to do something very specific with Cleopatra. And once you figure it out, Mm -hmm. you will have figured out the scenario. Is it kicking asp and taking names? Um, no. Does it involve preventing the suicide by snake of Cleopatra? Nope. Does it involve messing with the narrative of the Antony Cleopatra Caesar story? Not at all. History remains 100% completely intact. Does Beyonce murder Cleopatra with the snake and then get with Mark Anthony? It was Beyonce with the snake in Alexandria. I want to play that game. Yeah. I want to play that edition of Clue. No, it's not that. Are Beyonce and Cleopatra in the library of Alexandria? I don't think so, no. They're not meeting for a sweet historical ladies book club? They they could be, but uh, probably not. Does this Beyonce have superpowers? Well, of course. But again, using... like I've said before, they're completely irrelevant. She just has them. So it's not that she's like focusing her eye lasers through Archimedes' <laughs> giant death, ray death mirror. No. To to burn up a Persian fleet. Nah, she doesn't All need right. no Archimedes' death mirror to do that. Are they having like a beach party on the banks of the Nile? Nope. Is it fun? Are they having fun? They're having so much fun. Are they doing a song together? Nah. Are they dancing? Nah. Are they shooting the shit? Nah. Are they having a party? No. Are they being fed grapes? <laughs> no. Well, I'm out of devastatingly simple things. Uh, are they snuggling? Nope. Is Beyonce showing Cleopatra what music from the future is like? Nope. Are they on sedan chairs? Cleopatra might be. I don't think Beyonce is. Is Beyonce seeking an audience with Cleopatra? Uh, the the audience has been granted. There was they're no just, there was no process. They're just hanging out, being buddies. Uh, yeah, pretty much. What what are what are things that buddies do? Play board games. Mm, even even more basic. Developing a secret handshake. Oh, you're really close. Are they developing a secret friendship dance? Nope, you were closer before. Are they playing patty cake? Oh, really close. Are... Really, really close. Are they just straight up slapping each other in the face? Nope. Really close. They're playing, um, they're thumb wrestling. Less close. Something that they involves thumb wrestling. Oh, I get it. Beyonce traveled back in time to ancient Alexandria to give Cleopatra a high five. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm, I'm really pleased with myself. I'm not. I'm so angry with you. So, now that you've finally uncovered my dastardly scenario, <laughs> what do you say we go over to the Scoratorium and see how you did? Let's walk like an Egyptian. Over to the Scoratorium. Way way We should uh, point our listeners to that. Who, who is it who does it? The, uh, the Pupini sisters. The Pupini sisters. Yeah, the, this really amazing, like, Andrew's sisters close harmony style cover 
of the uh, the Bengals, right? Yeah. The Bengals walk like an Egyptian. All right, here's the score. All right. David. Yes, David. I am sorry to say you got that one in 19 yep. questions. Oh. You were right down to the wire there, buddy. Really just riding that razor's edge, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm... I'm a, I'm a danger-following dude. That's what you're going to go with? Danger-following dude? Yeah. You're going to uh, write that on the side of your motorcycle? Y- no. Uh, it'll say, David Reinstrom, knife runner. David Reinstrom, razor hugger. David Reinstrom, the screwdriver is dangerously close to my face. David Reinstrom, Pop Rocks and Diet Pepsi? Don't mind if I do. David Reinstrom, this toilet is full of knives now. Butter knives. David Reinstrom, those aren't skid marks, they're (laughs) racing stripes. (laughs) I'm dying. And all that's just going to be like airbrushed onto the side of my, uh, my Harley Davidson trike. I don't get the appeal of trikes. They can't tip over from too much badassery. Right, how is that appealing? Like, the whole point of a motorcycle is you have just, like, you have explosions. You're holding explosions under your crotch, and you're going really fast, and you are balanced precariously. Yeah, and now you can have all of that with the stability of a walker. David Reinstrom, I can't believe it's not butter. (laughs) And that's how you play... 20 Questions Tuesday. If you like the show, you can leave a review for us on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store. You can give us a star rating or leave a written review, and we'll thank you by name on a future episode. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday. And follow us on Twitter at 20QuestionsTues. And you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme song is Blood Meridian by Curlew. Licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by Revolution Void. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution license. If you'd like us to use your music, message us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for the Marquis de Sade's Christmas Fucktacular. <sighs> I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Good night! David Reinstrom, Snake Wrestler. David Reinstrom, watch me balance this rabbit on my head. David Reinstrom, standing on top of a parked car. David Reinstrom, look out! This window is, like, not fully propped open.